Hello, and welcome to this live recording from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This message was given by Peter Christofides at our Kubalup campus. So sit back, listen in, and enjoy what God's got to say to you. Welcome once again. And let me add my thanks to what uh, Pastor Michael said. Uh, really a great evening last night. I parked in the parking this morning and just walking up the pavers there, I thought, wow, it's never been so steep before. <laughs> then last night when, when I got home, my boy and his friend said, Dad, we didn't hear too much, but we heard something about you love McDonald's ice cream and Tim Tams. I thought, is that the only thing you heard about my Christmas message? <laughs> and then I got an SMS as well. That uh, from what I said about ice cream, people said they went to McDonald's and had ice cream last night. Would we like to join? So those of you got the wrong message last night. Folk, as you came in, you got one of these cards, uh, an invitation to our Christmas service. We've made uh, about 500 extra ones. If you want to invite your neighbor, please uh, grab one or two and uh, give to your neighbors. Please, they are welcome to come on Christmas Day. Obviously, we've uh, begun our series on the extravagant love of God, and we'll uh, conclude that on Christmas Day uh, with uh, the amazing love of the Father by sending His Son. Today, we have a look at the adoptive love, adoptive love of God. And the passage is 1 John chapter 2, reading from verse 29 to chapter 3, verse 1. I'll read it first in the New International Version, and then I'll read it in the message, because it uh, sounds quite good as well. It says, If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are! Exclamation mark. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. The message says it this way. Once you're convinced that he is right and righteous, you'll recognize that all who practice righteousness are God's true children. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. That's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously, because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. Isn't that amazing? Well, friends, I love books. Because of the studies in the past, I've had to purchase many, many books. Some are fiction, others are non-fiction I would probably read the book before I would see the movie. And uh, some people say, have you read all these books? And I go, no, but a lot of them I bought because of the name or the title of the book. Some of them are damned through the church. Others, why do bad Christians happen to good people? The Death of the Church is one title I have. The other one is Understanding How Others Misunderstand You. 
And so it's quite interesting. I'm still misunderstood by some, and I don't understand why they misunderstand me, but never mind. But all of us are misunderstood at times. And I want to suggest to you that sometimes it is because we are men and women of God. And it's not because we're from another planet or we are alien. It's because we are different, perhaps. What I'm saying by different, sometimes, and I'll be honest with you, it's embarrassing to stand among some people and say, well, we're Christians. I spoke at a conference on Monday and uh, I was able to get a cab charge. And uh, got in the car and I was chatting to the, the taxi driver and he was boasting of how many people or how many women he'd slept with and how, how crazy he was. And he didn't know who I was, that I was on the way to a Christian conference and, and he was boasting about all these things. And, and then uh, I said to him, I'm going to do a talk at a church conference. And all of a sudden his, na- his language changed. And then he had to say to me, Peter, with an accent, Peter, I just talk like that because us boys, that's how we talk. We boast of how strong we are. Now that's not misunderstanding. And then we got into God talk. Good thing is, I was able to call him afterwards and he brought me back uh, to work. And that was great. And so we are able to continue our conversation. But here is a situation that in John chapter 3, we find uh, a man by the name of Nicodemus. And he comes to Jesus, he comes to Jesus at night. And he wants to inquire about who Jesus is. And he doesn't understand what Jesus is on about. Jesus says to him that you need to be born again. You need to be born from above. This morning, I want to share with you what does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be called a Christian? The best way I can possibly understand this is that I'm a father and I have a son. And we have the same blood. We have the same walk. (laughs) Got more hair than me though. Beautiful like his mother. But you know what? We are one. The surname is Christophides. We are one. When he was young, he boasted about, that's my dad. Now when I drop him off at school, he goes, anybody see? No? Okay, kiss. And I'm out of here. Going to high school. Dad dropped me off there. In case they think we know each other. No kissing. How rude. Then I have to go, I brought you into this world. And I'll take you out this world. Now kiss. (laughs) What does it mean to be a child of God on this earth? Well, firstly, I think we're born from above. We're born from above. And that's a key point to try and understand what it means to be a child of God. See, when Nicodemus came and inquired about this new man that's walking around performing miracles and doing certain things. He cleared the temple in the chapter before. He obeys his mother by turning water into wine. And now this Nicodemus, who's part of the Sanhedrin, comes to inquire who Jesus is. And Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born from above. 
I think the translations of born again are not the best ones. But the words, yenithi anothen, born from above. In other words, you, are, you were a child of this earth or following Satan, if you like, the prince of the air, the Bible says. But now you're born from above. You're now a child of God because your heavenly father is God. And so he loves you and you're born from above. There is a new beginning in your life, he's talking about. And you, God's character is implanted in your life, Nicodemus. As you know the story, does it go back into my mother's womb? No, it's a spiritual rebirth. It's a new beginning for you. That's what Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Where the old is gone, the new has come. Why? Because we are new creatures in Christ. Because we're born from above. That's what it means in verse 29 of 1 John 2. It says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Now people might misunderstand that. They say, well, I need to do good stuff. And that is when I can be on God's side. No, it's the other way around. It's because you're a child of God and because you're born from above, the, the works will follow suit. People often say, well, James says one thing, Paul says another. They say exactly the same thing in the Word of God because it does not contradict itself. James says, the evidence of your works shows that you're a child of God. Paul says, it's your faith that leads to works. Same thing. And so, when we read that verse in verse 29, if you know... And that word there, no, is the word, evite. you have seen and you've perceived it. You've been born from above. If the light has come on for you, if I may use that illustration, that he is righteous, talking about God, and you know a different word for no, they're same no and no, but two different Greek words. First one is, evite, that you've seen and perceived it. You, this time, you know, hinosko, you understand it. It's a Jewish idiom for kind of intimacy. In the Old Testament, they would use that word, the equivalent of that word. You know, you know, because it's part of you. Why? Because you're born from above. That everyone who does what is right, and the word right there, the kiosini, meaning um, that before you were on the wrong side of the scale, now there is equity because of what Christ has done. The kiosini, you're worth He's made you worthy to stand before Him. Because of that, you've done right and you're born of Him. Same word for, uh, or the one used in John 3 verse 3. You're regenerate. You, you have conceived because you, you, you're born from above. So something takes place within. The nature of God comes within. Just as a father has a child... Same nature, if you like. The Heavenly Father puts His nature into you. John's certainly not saying that once you do the right things, then you will be welcome into the kingdom of God. No. It's because you're in the kingdom of God that you do right things. You can't earn it. So right living is the effect of our salvation. It's the effect of us being born again. So... You do right because you're saved. You don't first 
do right and then you get saved. That's a misunderstanding, I think. Because then it's all about us rather than about who Christ is. No wonder we read in Romans 8.28, And we know that in all these things God works for the good of those who love Him. Who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son. And so we do the right things by reflecting the nature and character of God Himself. And so as we sit here today, it's each and every one of us that has the nature and character of God with a different personality. Does that make sense? So we all are part of the family, but we all have a different personality. So it's God's nature and God's character within us with Peter's personality, with Kirsten's personality, with Jeanette's personality. But we all are family because we're born from above. We're conformed to His character. And we live with total dependence upon Him. And our goal is to be like Him. Those who've had good relationships with their dad, they was, when they grow up, you ask them when they're still kids, when you grow up, what do you want to be? I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my dad. And then they start changing. don't want to be like my dad. Our goal is to be like him from a spiritual perspective. Born from above. But secondly, we are loved from above. We are loved from above. So to be a child of God means that we are loved by him. And that's 1 John 3 verse 1. It says, how great is the love the Father has sparingly given to us. No, lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. Wow. Oh, I cannot fathom this. I cannot fathom this. I cannot fathom a, a, a son who turns his back on God, or on his father, through the, what we call the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15. I cannot fathom how that son who wishes his father dead and goes and gets his inheritance and goes off to a foreign land and squanders his money and then comes to his senses. It says that he was far off. That word that's used there, he was separated. But when he comes to his senses, that word that's used there, he came together to who he was. And he goes back to where he belongs. And you know the story where the father sees him from a distance. With a heavy heart goes and runs. I don't care what culture says. I don't care what tradition says. I know that young man. Although he wished me dead, my love for him is extravagant. And he goes and affectionately hugs him and kisses him. Kill the fatted calf. Give him a new robe. Put sandals on his feet. Give him a ring. In other words, he receives his inheritance again. That makes sense to 1 John 3, 1. How great, that word great... What quality is that word, potitos? From what country or tribe different? How great, because it's the tribe and country of God. Loved from above. It's not fickle and spasmodic. Today, love. Tomorrow, no. It's not temperamental. How qualitative, John is saying, is the love 
of the Father that's been lavished. Zizoken. He gives to someone for their advantage. I'm sure you've got mates just as I have. Who might call you and say, hey mate, long time no speak. How are you doing? How's family? All good? Can you do me a favor? <laughs> this means the Father has lavished it on us. He gave it for our advantage. For our advantage. Lavishes it on us so that we can be called. Kaleo he invites us and he makes us proud. And he is proud of us. He makes us proud of him, and he is proud of us. In other words, because I'm loved from above, he gives me this, this love that is to my advantage, and the only thing that I can do is say, wow, 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 because it's the love of the Father. So John is overwhelmed by this love. By the degree of love that the Father has shown to you and to me. It's a love that no person on this earth can fully grasp. Because it is overwhelming. You see, you and I by nature are rebellious against God. No wonder we read in Romans 5.8 that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, He he went the extra mile for you and for me. That while we were still far off, he runs to us and he comes and wins us, uh, puts us on his side. And folk, you know the four Greek words for love? Agapi, storhi, the family connotation to love, that we don't kind of find that word in the New Testament. Phileo, the friendship connotation to love. Eros, the physical connotation to love. Husband and wife uniting together in the context of marriage. And what does he say? He says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, he lavished his love upon us. Agape love. That love that moves away from egocentric self to wanting to please the other person. No ifs and buts. He loves us. Full stop. And it's an overwhelming love. That's the love that God has you and for me. He didn't just speak about it. He demonstrated it on the cross of Calvary. He demonstrated it by giving his son. I kind of occasionally ask my boy, how are you doing? He goes, oh, this one, that one. Okay, I'm coming with you tomorrow. I'm going to sort them out. No, dad. The love that an earthly father has for his child Put that on spiritual steroids and multiply it by millions and billions. That's the love that a father, our heavenly father, has for you and for me. Not only are we born from above, but we are loved from above. It's a love that is overwhelming and extravagant, I suggest to you. And the symbol of the cross is that love that he has for you and for me. How much does God love? Well, in the Boston transcript it says this. Fond parents often say to a little child, How much do you love me? The answer is usually a kiss and a hug. If you put the same question to our Heavenly Father, the answer is the cross. We can glimpse the sufferings of Christ in the garden and on Calvary. 
But who can picture the sorrows of the Father in heaven in that last hour? The love that a father has for you and for me. Somebody said that the love of God is an ocean and no line can sound its depths. It is a sky of unknown dimensions and no flying machine can reach its heights. It is a continent of unexplored distance and no tape can measure its length. It is the width of unsurpassed country and no survey can find its boundary. It is a mine of wealth and no delving of mail can estimate or exhaust its riches. It is a pole of attraction which no explorer can discover. And the love of God is a forest of beauty and no botanist can find and describe its variety and glory. It's indescribable. It's indescribable. That's the love of the Father. If you're sitting here this morning, you go, well, I feel a bit lost. I feel a bit lonely. Festive season. I don't know who I'm going to celebrate it with. I don't feel loved. It's not about feelings. Feelings come and feelings go. It's a fact about the love of the Father. You cannot change that. And thirdly and in closing, I think we're misunderstood by others. We're known by God, but we're misunderstood by others. That's what it says in 1 John 3, 1. We are misunderstood by those who do not know God. Those who do not know God. It says the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know God. The word ginosko. It did not know and understand God. Sometimes you see some of the atrocities that take place in the world. Some of the, the harm on children. You kind of go, what's the purpose and what's the reason behind that? Or well, friends, it's because people do not know and understand who the true and living God is. We often misunderstand who God is. There's no loving father who punishes their child so much that they will destroy them and wreck them for life. That's not love. Disciplining your child because of the sake of love is good. Yes. And how we do that is important as well. But there is no way that a human being can harm another person like that. And still be calling themselves a Christian. Often Christians are misunderstood because the world does not know who God is. They don't know and understand who God is. They don't know Him. They misunderstand who He is, that He might be a God who's waiting to wipe you out. That's not God. God that I serve is a loving God and a very gracious God. And He cannot tolerate my sin. Because He loves me too much. Because He knows that my sin will wipe me out. So he comes alongside and helps me. We often are labeled narrow-minded. Friends, if I look at the Ten Commandments, it's not good for God. It's good for me and good for my society. It's like that red traffic light. If I abide by it, my life will be spared and those around me. But if I abide by the things of God, my life will be spared and those around me and we can prosper together. But if I break the commandments... Or go through that red traffic light. And my life can be taken. And so can those around me. I suggest to you that the Old Testament is good news. Those ten commandments are good for us. They're not there to go, okay, if you disobey, let me wipe you out. He wants our heart. And as he wants our heart, 
and if you give it to him, we will prosper. Often be misunderstood. It's good news. It's good news to know Christ. So the challenge here is that have I been born from above? And do I know and understand that God loves me? God loves me so, so much. The Bible says, and that's what we are. We're called by God. Some people say, well, I responded to God. Friends, I suggest to you that He came knocking on my heart's door. The glory goes to Him. He initiated it. While I was a sinner, I could never see Him. While I was a sinner, He came knocking on my heart's door and says, I want you. What a privilege it is to know God and to be calling Him Father. Wow. Father. A loving, loving God. God who loves His children. Father and little daughter buried the mother of their home. They were broken hearted when they returned to the old home after the funeral and things were so different. Little daughter was placed in her bed for the night as usual. The father retired but could not sleep. And after a while the little daughter said, Daddy, it is so dark. And then after a while the little child said, Daddy, you love through the dark, don't you? Way in the dark hours of the night, the father looked up the face of Jesus and said, Jesus, you are my beloved son through the darkness and though it is dark. Jesus loves his children and no night is so dark that he does not see you and he does not see me. How awesome the love of the Father is to lavish, to give freely his love for your advantage and for my advantage. So we can be called children of God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that it's not by might, nor by power, but by your Holy Spirit that we try and live lives that are pleasing to you. So, Lord, no matter how much we try to win your favor, Lord, it is you that has initiated it all, and it is you that brings us to your side. Like that son who went and squandered his inheritance, Lord, we've often done that. But you see us from a distance and you run to us, Lord. What extravagant love. What love that adopts us into your family as your children. Because that's what we are. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. If you'd like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, then you can contact the team at Mount Pleasant Baptist Church by calling the office during office hours on 9329-1777. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to your company again soon. God bless.